0: People who come to Hollywood to work in the entertainment industry, come from every walk of life, every culture, every country, every profession, and every state. Because Hollywood has its own unique culture and set of expectations, people sometimes struggle to fit in here. And that can make it very difficult for them to find paying work or to work with kind of people who can advance their career. This is a quick primer designed to help you better understand Hollywood's culture and how it hires, fires, and collaborates. Following characteristics make you much more likely to be successful in the entertainment industry. You must be talented, trained, and skilled. So the work you do is instantly perceived as competent and ideally you are perceived as head and shoulders above the competition. You must be entirely reliable and reliably good so that anyone who hires you or introduces you to someone who hires you is well served. You must be able to collaborate effectively with almost anyone who is competent and you must be very effective at presenting yourself and your work. You must be actively building new business relationships all the time. And you must be actively on the lookout for work for yourself and for those you like to work with. Now, there are some economic realities that govern the entertainment industry. And those realities have an impact on you. Film, television, theater, all these businesses are risky businesses. Studios, producers, agents, and managers can only guess what people will like and how long they will like it for. Mostly projects are produced with borrowed and or invested money. That means whoever's running the show is going to be held accountable for failure to make a profit. Their career and their personal fortune will be harmed if they can't deliver work people like profitably. The holy grail is people they can trust to deliver high quality content for free or cheap. Those people build a reputation that lets them pick and choose who employs them. Many people entering the entertainment industry are easy prey for for people who do business badly and who may also be new to the industry. Another thing to understand about the entertainment industry is that everyone knows everyone. Everyone regularly working in the entertainment industry is working lots of jobs and that creates lots of connections. As the value of your gig goes up and as your price tag goes up, you'll be working with the folks who can afford to pay well. They're the folks at the top of this pyramid. And those people have the ability to hire anyone but they almost always hire based on reputation, recommendation, and credits because they really do want to reduce the risk and, um, of producing media, and they also want to increase the probability of making a profit. So that means that you need to be polite, professional, upbeat with absolutely everyone you meet because you don't know who they are, who they know, or who they will become. In order to be successful in the entertainment industry, especially early on, you almost always have to specialize. There's no way that you can compete as a generalist with people who specialize. They have the time to become very good at what they do. And getting pigeonholes as someone who does something good is your key to rising fast. Having a range of skills is good because it makes you competent, easy to work with, and prepared to anticipate issues that may arise but you have to acquire a solid niche you are known for in order to be able to go easily from gig to gig. Even a producer who really has to be something of a generalist has to decide if they're working in indie film, web series, television, drama, science fiction, documentary. And people really do remember you by the role that you play. Getting remembered as a camera operator and an editor or a writer and an actor is challenging. If you see significant progress on a project, you'll be remembered for the role you played on that project. Credits on IMDb and recommendations on LinkedIn are proof positive that you are great at what you do. To build your career and get ever better and more high paying jobs, you need to get work on projects that generate professional credits that people can find on IMDb. And having lots of short films is really not ideal. You also need recommendations from people who have seen your work. The easiest way to capture those recommendations is on LinkedIn, where people who read the recommendations can also see who gave them. When you're working on projects that don't get finished or don't get distributed, it means that you're earning less. If they don't pay you well, they might be good hope for developing your craft or your art but they're not really giving you credits most professionals are gonna find meaningful. Building your IMDB Pro resume and LinkedIn account, acquiring credits, creating connections, and getting recommendations, is how you create a resume that people can glance at, believe, and then hire you based upon. You also probably need to build a website that lists your credits and has a link to your reel. So let's f- spend a couple of minutes talking about where to find paying jobs. Craigslist.com, if you look in the film and television section, has jobs that, um, for writers, actors, and um, producers as well as camera operators and so forth. You can also check out gigs, those will be shorter term jobs, lower paying jobs, and then you might also think about posting something about the services that you can provide in the services section. Believe it or not, people actually do hire from Craigslist. They do it all the time, mostly because Craigslist is easy to hire from. Mandy.com, StaffMeUp.com, ProductionHub.com, IHireBroadcasting.com, Indeed.com, Glassdoor.com, EntertainmentCareers.net, ZipRecruiter are all places that post jobs for people who work in the entertainment industry all of the time. Another place where people can get jobs that they don't often think about is tip agencies. There are a number of temp agencies that specifically support the entertainment industry and it's a good way for you to get gigs um, at a production company, at a distribution company, or working on studio lots. Again, those jobs are competitive, but that's true for every job um, in Hollywood. When you're applying for gigs, you have to understand that people are looking for a perfect instant pick. They don't like having to hire people, It's a hassle. You always get 15,000 times more applicants than you anticipate getting, and most of them are not very good, um, and very few of them actually read the job placement and make sure that they're applying for a job for which they're qualified, and they're providing the information they were asked for. You wanna make sure that you apply as soon as possible after the ad is posted. If you can be in the first five to 10 applicants, you're in a much better position to actually get the gig. You wanna make sure that you read the job posting and reply with a response that says you have all the skills and experience they asked for and indicates that you want the job. If you can drop studio names, a celebrity producer, director or actor, or show and movie names that you've worked on or worked with, you should do that. You should include links to your up-to-date LinkedIn page and your IMDB Pro credits because those are the only externally validated credits that anyone ever believes. For temp jobs, you wanna make sure that you return calls that you get from the temp agency within the hour because they call multiple people for most jobs. When you get the opportunity to be interviewed for a gig or for a job, you need to make sure that you know how to persuade people to actually give you what you're asking for. The first thing to remember is that people really hate the process of hiring. They are looking for a perfect instant pick. You wanna be that pick. You wanna research whoever's hiring you before you go to the appointment or take a call. You wanna know them, know their work, the company's work, who they have worked with in the past that you might know. And you wanna make them talk as much as possible about what they want. They have a checklist in their head that has to be met before they can hire someone. And the guy that checks most of those boxes and meets their time and money requirements, that's the guy that's gonna get the gig. You wanna talk about money only after they bring the topic up and, if possible, you want to get them to, to name the price that they want to pay first. You can always choose to say, I can't afford to work for that. You don't want to accept a job without knowing how much and when you're going to get paid. If you want to maximize the number of gigs and jobs you can take, you should set up an LLC or a corporation. That will allow you to be able to be hired as a, legally as a contractor. You can still choose to be hired an, as an employee if you want, but having an LLC or corporation will allow you to sell your services for a fee based on time and materials. If you're purchasing equipment, taking classes, going to conferences like Produced By or the American Film Market or Sundance, you could deduct those costs as a marketing expense if you own a business that makes money. If you need to hire a crew or hire a cast, remember that you can work through a payroll service or temp agencies in order to hire them. Finally, remember you can purchase production insurance through EventHelper.com, and get errors and emissions insurance and other coverage through FracturedAtlas.com. Now let's take a few minutes to talk about Hollywood culture and how it might be different from previous industries and previous locations where you may have worked. First of all, silence in, in Hollywood usually means no, and you shouldn't take that personally. Someone's failure to return a call especially if you followed up with them a couple of times. People choosing not to respond to faxes or people um, posting job applications and you replying and then them not responding to you. All of that is pretty normal in the entertainment industry because you don't know who anybody's related to or who they're likely to be in the future. You don't want to make the mistake of turning down somebody who's really good. And also everybody's so busy and they're working so many hours. A lot of times they don't have enough time to exercise, read a book, or spend time with their family, so they certainly don't have time to respond to messages from people that they don't know um, very well and with with whom they don't really have an intention to work. Every time you meet with somebody, you should do your best to understand them and the kind of work that they do, and you should let them know they can reach out to you going forward. You may hear no many, 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 many times, then yes many times if you maintain contact. Just because someone doesn't respond to you or someone tells you no today, doesn't mean that if you're pleasant to them, you won't have an opportunity to work with them in a year or two or three or five or 10. Always respect everyone's holidays, including especially Christian and Jewish holidays. Don't expect a response over Christmas or Passover or Easter week. People who work 20 hours a day for much of the year, who are on call the rest of the time, When they finally carve out time for a holiday, they take it really seriously, even if they're not religiously observant. Every meeting that you go to is gonna start out with social conversation, because people need to get acquainted or get reacquainted in order to do good business. The expectation is that you're developing a long-term relationship, which will turn into good business now and going forward. So you really do have to be able to make small talk. You really do have to be able to ask people and really want to know, how they're doing, what they're working on, and you have to remember that information for the next time that you talk to them. It's true to say that people will never be nicer to you than when they actually want something. So when someone starts being really kind to you, figure out what they want. Don't assume they're just astonishingly nice people or that you are astonishingly wonderful. Working in the entertainment industry requires you to be able to recognize the criminal, the abusive, and the crazy. There are several ways to do this. Professional work comes with money. Professionals will almost never let you work for free because that increases their risk that you won't perform. Almost every deal is going to fall apart if it's not fueled by cold, hard cash. When you agree to work for free, it literally puts no limit on how much time someone can demand from you. If you are going to work for free, you might as well hire yourself, and then you'll actually own what you create. Professionals in the entertainment industry have LinkedIn credits and IMD credits credits that indicate they've done other projects like the one that you're working on. So when you meet somebody who says they're a producer and they're telling you that they're going to do a $10 million film, you look them up and you they don't have anything on LinkedIn and they don't have anything about themselves on IMDb. That's a big red flag. Professionals have a schedule and a plan of action and a strategy that normal humans can understand. And they'll share this plan with people they work with because they know, they know that it helps make sure that the plan is actually gonna come off. They don't keep secrets. They aren't trying to hide things. Professionals deliver. Things happen when they're supposed to happen. They do what they say they're gonna do. And generally, professionals are worried about getting sued, so they avoid being verbally or physically abusive. Now, I wanna put, you know, just a quick adjustment into this information. At the very top of the industry, this rule about not being abusive doesn't always hold because many people won't walk away from big money or take the risk of damaging their careers with a lawsuit. This is how things like the Bill Cosby's um, assault on women goes on for years. The common wisdom when you're working with somebody at the top of the industry who turns out to be verbally abusive or you know makes you work 24 hours a day, which is you know really a kind of physical abuse, is that you should do your job and then find another gig, and then leave their employment. Generally getting away from abusive people as soon as possible is kind of the only way to keep your career, your sanity, and your self-respect. But generally you don't choose to sue them and you don't choose to engage in a direct conflict with them because then you get a reputation for being difficult or for being litigious. So what you do is you just go get another gig. It's not the best way to behave. It's not necessarily how the entertainment industry should run, but you'll find that that's the decision that people make over and over and over again because at the tip top of the industry, no one really wants to get a reputation for being a problem. The smaller a production is and the fewer people that are working on it, the more risky it is likely to be from a payment perspective and a physical security perspective. This is particularly true when the unions aren't involved. Unions vet projects for their members. The IRS in the state of California says that all cast and crew on a film or television set are employees. Producers cannot arbitrarily break minimum pay wage rules or pay people as 1099 employees, producers are obligated to provide workers compensation. They can hire a payroll service to manage payment, or they can work with an employment services company like a temp agency to ensure people are paid, and they and also covered by standard employment insurance. But just because somebody says, hi, I'm a producer, and I want to hire you, and I'm going to pay you under the table, and I'm going to pay you as a 1099 employee, doesn't make that legal. And real producers know that. So when somebody asks to make that relationship with you, you can bet that they're not somebody who is smart enough to worry about getting sued. And you can also be certain that, um, just like they're cutting the corner of, of making payroll or paying people legally, they're likely to be cutting other corners as well. You have to always be mindful of your personal and financial security. It is far better to decline jobs when you think someone might be a criminal or abusive or crazy than to take them. There are some mistakes that people make which make them unemployable. If you're working in a key role on a project where someone is hurt or injured, that makes you really hard to employ. You are a lawsuit waiting to happen because there's already a record of, of somebody being injured or hurt on your set. Filing a lawsuit, even when it's justified against a well-known producer, actor, director, et cetera, can make you unemployable because people think you're litigious. Usually you don't wanna, if you're a producer, you don't wanna hire people who are problem children and if you are um, a key caster crew member, you don't want to work on a project where the producer is a problem child. Leaving a project in production, particularly when you're in a key position, is a very good way to become unemployable. The higher up you go, the worse that is for your opportunity to work going forward. Taking jobs on projects that don't get finished or distributed repeatedly makes people think you can't get a better job. Finally, being overtly racist, sexist, political, or religious at work can pretty quickly ensure you are literally never hired again. Your protection in every case is the fact that producers are paying you for their time, so they're actually expecting you to get work done because they actually have to get work done. When people pay for something, they respect it. The contract you signed when you first took a job, which specifies how much they are paying you and what you have to do is another form of protection. The contract is enforceable. The the labor and tax laws that govern employees and where applicable contractors are another form of your protection because it means that violating those laws will involve a producer with federal and state and tax enforcement agencies. Production insurance and project insurance that guarantees if you get injured or break something that it will be covered is very important to you. When you work on projects that don't have that kind of insurance and you break something, it's quite possible that you'll end up having to cover that expense. The good reputations of the people you work with and for protect you because those people wanna keep those good reputations. People who wanna protect their reputations tend to behave responsibly and professionally, and they tend to ensure that their projects go forward without a hitch. Finally, your talent and your skill at doing what you do well is important because it makes you hard to replace. Your surest path to success in the entertainment industry is having a large paying audience that loves your work. If you have that, there's a good chance you'll be able to make a living at what you do. And this is true whether you're a writer, director, producer, director of photography, or sound designer. If you are ever going to work for free, work for yourself to create content that creates an audience. If you have multiple people who routinely pay you to do high-value, high-cost projects, then you are poised to have a successful career. I wanted to mention a couple of tips and tools that I think you'll find useful. Uh, If you go to the If This Then That site, which is IFTTT.com. Um, you can find tools that will help you get a notice the instant a job gets posted on Craigslist that meets your requirement. Like, let's say that the, the, the description includes the words um, DP or cinematographer. You can make it so when, when something gets posted on Craigslist, it automatically sends you an email to let you know that that's there, and it can also automate a response to that email for you. Getting a paid account on IMDB Pro will let you research people before you work with them and it will let you confirm that a project that is listed as a project in development or pre-production or production actually exists. A lot of times people will tell you, well, I'm doing this $3 million project and it turns out that they haven't put themselves on IMDB Pro, they haven't registered themselves with any of the unions. Those are all red flags. You can create a WordPress website for under $20 a year. If you Google GoDaddy WordPress and choose the $1 a month option, which might change over time, uh, you can very quickly specify a domain name and you'll literally spend, I think, $12 or $13 or $15 a year um, for your website. Generally speaking, I recommend that people use a simple, attractive one-page domain template. These days, people don't like to read things. They'll scroll up or scroll down, but they're not going to spend time going from page to page to page looking to things. You wanna make sure that you create links to your Reel, um, your IMDB page and your LinkedIn page, and you list recommendations and awards. A very simple, clean website can be very persuasive to people. Finally, if you're gonna be working in the entertainment industry, you need to make sure that you understand intellectual property like rights and contract law. If you're a producer, every time you hire somebody, you are purchasing the rights of the intellectual property they create. If you're a writer or a director of photography or a camera operator, or um, somebody who's creating music for a film, or somebody who's designing sets or designing costumes or designing um, uh, makeup, you are selling intellectual property. So you need to understand what you're selling. You need to have a passing understanding of contract law as well, because every time you take a gig, you're going to be signing a contract. Um, And sometimes you don't even have to sign a contract in order to create one. Sometimes when you send somebody an email and they send a response back, that actually creates a contract. Or sometimes when you shake hands on a deal, that's a contract. There's a couple of videos that cover both intellectual property rights and um, contract law at nancyfultonvideos.com. So thank you very much for taking the time to listen to this presentation. I hope it was useful.